Welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 up until the modern era. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show. A big win for the Islanders on Saturday afternoon at the Barclays Center as they defeated the Florida Panthers by a score of 2-1 to to increase their point streak to 12 games. They are now 11-0-1 during that stretch. And to get back on the winning track after blowing that disappointing 3-0 lead that resulted in a 4-3 overtime loss to Pittsburgh at home on Thursday. We're going to talk about Saturday's game. We're also going to talk about this date in Islanders history. And a little bit later on in the show, we will be discussing the contributions of Matt Barzal and all the things that he's doing so well for the New York Islanders right now during this win streak and, and really during this entire season. Don't forget, you could follow me on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR versus NYI, or you could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and we'll keep you abreast of all the latest developments, all the latest shows, transactions, trades, uh, line changes, and during games, we'll give you updates as well. So follow us on Twitter for that. If you want to take part in the show, if you have a question or a comment, you could always get in touch with us via email, the email lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and please leave your name and your where you're from, and we will be happy to uh, mention your name and read your question on the air. First off, let's talk about Saturday's game and a good one for the Islanders. And first, the good news, they get back a couple of players who had been out of the lineup. Jordan Eberle back on the ice. He ends up reuniting on the top line with Anders Lee and Matthew Barzal. So that was a nice addition. And then on defense, the Islanders got back. uh, It was nice to have back Nick Letty into the lineup. Uh, He was once again paired with Johnny Boychuk, and and that gave the Islanders a little bit more experience on the blue line, and that is always a very welcome addition, of course, for the New York Islanders. So, even before the game starts, some good news for the home team. And it was interesting that the line that was kept intact, in spite of the return of Eberle into the lineup, the second line of Brock Nelson, Anthony Beauvillier, and Derek Broussard, they stuck together. And then, of course, the third line of Sezikis, Bailey, and Clutterbuck. And then uh, Cole Bardrow, Ross Johnston, and Michael Del Cole made up the fourth line. So that was the lineup for the Islanders. Tomas Grice in goal. And boy, was this a great game for Tomas Grice. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But uh, a tight game all the way around and a solid one for the New York Islanders. Really kind of playing Islanders hockey, the kind of hockey that you expect from this team this season. And, of course, it was Hockey Fights Cancer Day at the Barclays Center. And I have to say, the Islanders organization did a very good job of of representing and of bringing people's attention to the fight against cancer. So, uh, again, great job by the Islanders and their fans repping uh, for the fight against this deadly disease. 
the Islanders really took it to Florida early on. They had the better of the play in the opening minutes. And they even got a power play just three and a half minutes into the game as Bailey was interfered with. But then an apparent goal waved off as Anders Lee was called for incidental contact with Sergei Bobrovsky. And as a result, a power play goal waved off and the score remained 0-0 at that point. Much to their credit, though, the Islanders stuck with it and they scored a little bit more than two minutes later. Matthew Barzal shows great patience on this play, scoring on a backhand, held the puck, made the defenseman commit, and as a result, he goes backhand, beats Bobrovsky, and it's one nothing Islanders at the 5.40 mark of the opening period, and uh, the power play had literally just expired three seconds earlier, so even though the goal was as a result of the power play, it is not officially a power play goal. Either way, it's one nothing Islanders, and for Barzal, his team-leading seventh goal of the season, Brock Nelson and Derek Brassard end up with the assists. And again, very good to see Brassard contributing offensively. He has been hot since moving to the wing. And again, as I said earlier, uh, Barry Trotz keeping him on the wing rather than moving him back to center. And that move ends up paying off. But for Barzal, just a very strong goal. Very, uh, you know, showed great vision, great patience, and a very accurate backhand shot to give the Islanders the one nothing lead. The Islanders did lose Casey Sezikis later on in this game. He blocked a shot took it in the area where the pads are lacking right around the knee, and he skated off. He came back, tried to skate it off, uh, you know, during breaks in the action, but uh, in the end, he sat out the third period, and we will keep an eye on Casey Sezikis and his status as we get closer to Wednesday night's game. Overall, a solid first period for the New York Islanders. They controlled the tempo for most of the first, let's say, 14, 15 minutes of the period. But late in the period, Florida started to buzz a little bit, especially that top line. And the Islanders ended up shorthanded as Taze went off for hooking with 149 left. But the Islanders' penalty kill comes up big. Shots on goal in that first period uh, ended up being 14-7 in, in uh, favor of Florida but the Islanders really had the better of the play for most of the period until Florida really came on strong late. In the second period, Tomas Grice came up big again and helped the Islanders, but you know who made a great defensive play? Eberly ends up making, well, it officially goes down as a block shot because non-goaltenders cannot be credited with a save, but the Islanders were sloppy. They turned the puck over in their own zone, and Eberly on his knees, ends up making, a, well, let's call it a save, even though it's officially a block shot, and uh, keeps the puck out of the net, and at that point, kept the Islanders ahead by a one to nothing score. The Islanders ended up with the majority of shots in the second period, which was scoreless, but the Islanders were out shooting Florida 26-21 to after four periods. And thanks to the very strong goaltending of Tomas Grice, they still held that one to nothing lead. We'll get to the third period and our analysis of the rest of Saturday's game in just a moment. 
All right, so in the third period, the Islanders take a penalty. Jordan Eberle called for slashing Aaron Ekblad. And during the power play, it was the Panthers coming up with the game-tying goal. Time of the goal, 6-12, just six seconds into the power play. Barkov, Alexander Barkov, his fourth from Jonathan Huberdeau and Keith Yandel. And uh, that ties the game at 1-1. And you sort of felt a little bit of the air go out of the Barclays Center as the Islanders lost that lead in a game that they had been playing so well in up to that point. But the Islanders, just like they have so many times this season, don't waste any time. They bounce back quickly, and 38 seconds later, a floater by Mayfield. Scott Mayfield takes the shot from the point. There's a couple of bodies in front. It deflects off of a defenseman in front of the goal, and it goes into the net. The goal, his second for Mayfield. Scott Mayfield, his second from Devin Tays and Matthew Barzal. And the result is a 2-1 to Islander lead. Initially, the goal was credited to Anders Lee, who was in front of the goal. But Lee immediately pointed back to Mayfield, indicating he did not touch it. Replay showed that, indeed, he did not make contact with the puck. But the Islanders held a valuable 2-1 to lead, and that gave them an advantage heading into the last, oh, 13 minutes of this hockey game. The Panthers put on a lot of pressure in the third period, especially, again, that top line that played very well. They were buzzing, and then with 5 minutes and 33 seconds remaining in regulation time, with the Panthers putting on the pressure, Anders Lee takes a tripping penalty, and all of a sudden, the Islanders have a big penalty kill in front of them. In fact, the puck did go in the net during that power play as Barkov put home a rebound, but upon further review, it was ruled that Barkov had touched the puck with a high stick. The goal was waved off, and replay upheld that call, and as a result, the Islanders held on to their 2-1 lead. Later on in the power play, Cal Clutterbuck almost had another goal as Keith Yandel fell down and Clutterbuck came in shorthanded, but Bobrovsky was able to make a big save and keep it a one-goal game. The Islanders had a chance to put it away when Letty made a very nice play, set up Barzal in front, but Bobrovsky made a huge save, and again, it was still a 2-1 to hockey game with just a couple of minutes left on the clock. In the end, the Islanders able to hold on, and that was largely due to the play of Tomas Grice. They win it by a score of 2-1, to one. and again, the point-scoring streak now at 12 games. The Islanders 11-0-1 over that stretch, and believe it or not, right now, the New York Islanders are first in goals against in the National Hockey League. No team has allowed fewer goals this year than your New York Islanders. With this victory, the Islanders now 8-2-1 overall at home and 2-0-1 at the Barclays Center. They have also beaten the Florida Panthers both times. They have faced them 2-0-0 against Florida in 2019-2020. The three stars of the game, Barkov, the third star for Florida, Matthew Barzal, the second star for the Islanders, and the well-deserved first star of this game, 
Tomas Grice, he made a season-high 37 saves in this contest and really kept his team in the hockey game. Right now, Tomas Grice playing at an elite level, as is Simeon Varlamov. And the Islanders, when you're getting steady goaltending like that, you're going to win a lot of hockey games. And guess what? They are. Big day for Brock Nelson. He gets one assist, a plus one, and was very, very big in the faceoff circle, winning 17 out of 25 faceoffs. Derek Brassard, as I mentioned, picking up a big assist. Scott Mayfield with the game-winning goal for the Islanders, and they continue to get contributions from their blue line. Mayfield with a goal, Devontae's with an assist. So production coming from the defense again, and that is always a good sign for a winning hockey team. And how effective has the defense been? Well, who leads the Islanders in assists this season? Devontae's, who now, again, picked up his eighth assist for Grice, by the way. That is his sixth consecutive victory. Grice, red hot and leading the Islanders, along with Varlamov, to consistent winning hockey. As we check the standings right now, in the Metropolitan Division, the Islanders presently in second place behind the Washington Capitals. The Capitals have 29 points with an impressive 13-2-3 record. The Islanders with 25 points at 12-3-1. So they're four points behind the Washington Capitals in the standings. However, the Islanders do have two games in hand. So if the Islanders win both of those games, they would be tied with the Capitals in the standings. That only means something, of course, if the Islanders can win both of those games. The Islanders now have a a few days off. They were off yesterday, off Monday and Tuesday as well. And their next game Wednesday at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that will mean the return to the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum of one John Tavares, the former Islander captain who will be coming back to the island to face his old team. And again, he did that a couple of times last season. It'll be interesting to see how the Islanders fans respond to Tavares uh, a year removed from his decision to sign with Toronto as an unrestricted free agent. And, you know, I tell you, I understand why fans are upset at John Tavares for leaving, but I think you also have to understand that Here he had a chance to join the team that he grew up rooting for, the team that, you know, meant so much to him as a kid. And I remember he tweeted out that photograph of him wearing Maple Leafs pajamas as as a, what, a nine or 10-year-old. It's tough when you're talking about that much money and the opportunity to make your childhood dream come true. The, The thing to me about Tavares and the way the whole free agency thing happened was that he could have handled it better. He could have dealt with the Islanders in a more upfront manner and certainly could have communicated better both with the organization and with Islanders fans in order to make it clear as to what he was up to and where he was going. But, you know, at the end of the day, it seems to me the Islanders have done very, very well since John Tavares departed for Toronto. And you don't, see the development of a Matthew Barzal or an Anders Lee quite the same way if John Tavares is still the captain of the New York Islanders. 
the absence of Tavares and I think obviously the addition of Barry Trotz helped this lineup from top to bottom realize that they had to step up and not rely on one player, and that one player too often was John Tavares, in order to make this team win. They didn't. They adjusted. And now the New York Islanders, you know, they went deeper in the playoffs last year than the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they're off to a better start this year in the standings than the Toronto Maple Leafs, although Toronto is indeed doing very well. We will have a a full preview of Wednesday's game in a couple of days, but the Islanders enjoying a couple of days off, and that'll give them a chance to heal some of the injured players, to regroup, and uh, we'll see. We'll check on the status of Casey Sezikis and see if he's available Wednesday night when they take on Toronto. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready anytime the opportunity arises. When I tried Blue Chew, I really noticed something extra. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, it's time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to November 11th, 1983 at the Igloo in Pittsburgh. The Islanders facing the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was the Brian Trottier show for the Islanders. Trottier with a hat trick as the Islanders down the Penguins by a score of 6-5. to five. Trottier got the first two goals of the game, one in the first period and one in the second, but uh, the Penguins managed to come back and even the score. In fact, Pittsburgh actually took a 5-4 to four lead early in the third period on two early third period goals by Pat Boutet, his third and fourth of the season. But then less than a minute after the Penguins took the lead, Mike Bossy tied the game with his 11th of the season. And then on the power play with just 5.37 remaining in the third Clark Gillies puts home his fifth goal of the season off a pass by Stefan Pearson, and the Islanders skate away with a 6-5 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Trache with the hat trick and a goal and an assist for Janssen and Mike Bossy. Two assists for Dennis Potvan in this game. Billy Smith gets the win, making 38 saves 
for the New York Islanders and the loss to Dennis Heron, who gave up those last two goals after Michelle Dion started and allowed four goals on just 15 shots. So this date in Islanders history, Islanders six, Penguins five, Brian Trottier with the hat trick, November 11th, 1983. Back then, of course, the Islanders were the four-time defending Stanley Cup champions. All right, let's talk a little bit about Matthew Barzal and what he's meant to the New York Islanders. Right now, leading the team in goals with seven, leading the team in points with 14. And amazingly enough, only one of his seven goals have come on the power play. How hot has Matthew Barzal been? Well, first of all, he has four multiple-point games right now in this season. And during the Islanders' 12-game point-scoring streak, he has points in nine of those 12 games. So Matthew Barzal been a, a very important piece of the puzzle so far this season for the New York Islanders. And I, I think the best part about it is just watching this kid mature game by game and and obviously year by year since he came up as a rookie back in 2017-2018. You know, he had a better offensive season as a rookie, 22 goals, 85 points. But, you know, it was a different team back then and his defensive responsibilities were really not there. Uh, most of the team wasn't playing solid team defense, and that showed in the standings. Last year, Barzal only, and I'll put only in quotes, 18 goals and 62 points, but he certainly learned how to play a more complete hockey game in all three zones, and that definitely showed up and paid off. Now, this year, what's becoming apparent is this. Barzal has grown more comfortable in his own zone and more comfortable with the fact that he has to play a complete hockey game in all three zones, and the offensive production is coming. Again, 14 points in 16 games, and you add to that 14 block shots in 16 games. Keep in mind, two years ago, only 31 block shots in 82 games, so Matthew Barzal learning how to be more responsible, and it's showing that this kid really can do a lot. If there's anything you want him to work on right now, it's his work in the face-off circle. He has won only 54 face-offs while losing 85. That's a little less than 39% in the face-off dot, and that's something that he has to improve on uh, to take his game to that next level. But here's something else to remember about Matthew Barzal. He is still only 22 years old. This kid still is going to get stronger. He's going to gain more experience, and I think it's pretty safe to say that he has not yet found his ceiling in the National Hockey League. His best years should be in front of him, and that's a very good sign for the Islanders. Again, right now, uh, a plus 12, plus minus for Matthew Barzal in 16 games. That's by far the best of his career. He was a plus one in 2017-2018 and a minus five a year ago uh, with the New York Islanders. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. 
And we look forward to tomorrow. We'll have a lot more to come, including this day in Islanders history and a closer look at what John Tavares meant to the New York Islanders and what his return is going to mean to the team and to the fans of Long Island. Plus, we'll take a look at Tomas Grice and Simeon Varlamov and what they've meant to the Islanders and their recent winning streak or point streak, I should say. All right, thanks for listening again to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin, and thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast.